Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jess, it's in the end of an era. We have it is. completed an entire series of a television show, and we are here to talk about it. Unbelievable. Can't Two and a it. half years in the making. Yeah. It's, it really um, is. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't so long ago where it was 2020. Remember those days? <laughs> uh, they were horrible days, but yes. the, the best of times, the worst of times. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're we're here. We're we're wrapping up our first ever series, Boy Meets World, and I think we should start off by talking about how we even like got here in the first place, in case people. Yeah somehow don't know or missed it or um, we referenced it I feel like at least a few times Mm -hmm. um but like we met four months before this podcast started like it wasn't we we were not like lifelong friends or anything no but I would say we were fast friends I think that there's a couple of times in my life it's very 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 rare where I meet somebody and it's kind of like um god our souls have met before Mm -hmm. i don't mean to be like you know very out there but it it, it feels that way where i remember the first week that we met um we were just talking like nonstop and just like sharing so much Mm -hmm. about each other and our lives and what we were up to and what we liked and disliked and it was a very very fast friendship and it's something that is extremely I feel like is extremely rare. Definitely. I had that same exact thought where it's like, I ha- it hasn't happened to me a ton in my life. Maybe like one other time, maybe, maybe twice if I'm being generous to say that, like I've connected with a person as quickly as we did. And it was very funny because like going back even further in like April of 2020, basically uh it's so situational I feel like you got to start with like survivor being like the main reason we met because we were both in a community um that has a podcast Rob has a podcast which discusses survivor and through that community we were both patrons of that podcast 
I met a bunch of people that did <laughs> parody songs for a thing called, uh, you know, it's, it's so, it's absolutely so ridiculous, but like, yeah. um, the wand off. So we all did parody songs for the show survivor. We became friends through that friendship. We decided, okay, animal crossing is this big thing right now. If y'all remember early pandemic March days of 2020, it's yes. what everybody was doing was absolutely playing animal crossing. Yeah. We had nothing better to do because the world was ending. And so we were all playing animal crossing, playing with these little cute little animals on an Island. And we decided, okay, we're going to do, if anybody knows what like an ORG is an online reality game. Um, it's basically like survivor, but played online. And we wanted to do it through animal crossing. And so we did one season of it. It was really fun. And we had decided, okay, we want to do a season two. So, our friend Karen went out and was recruiting people and trying to get people in to this game. And she saw on some post in Rob has a podcast that you played animal crossing. Right. Right. Exactly. So, which is, I, it's weird in it of itself because I've never played video games. The whole thing is that the only video game that I've ever played has been Sims. I've never yeah. played a console game. And the reason why I played animal crossing was because Everybody was talking about it. It was 2020. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to check it out just because everybody was playing it. And I it wasn't even my console's Drew's. So I was playing on his Switch. So even that is kind of a interesting, you know, kismet turn yes. of events. Because if the pandemic didn't happen, then I wouldn't have been playing Animal Crossing. Like I wouldn't right. have touched the video game because I just don't play video games. Yeah. And so Karen was like really wanting a, to make it not only like a diverse cast, but also like balanced in terms of gender. And so she reached out to you and convinced you to play. And yeah. so through throughout all of this, right? So Karen was kind of our host that season. And so she did kind of intro interviews with the players. And so she would basically host this interview and all the production members behind the scenes would be watching these interviews. Right. And so your interview came up and I was watching it. And everything you were saying, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this girl is going to be like my absolute favorite. I already know like everything about her personality jives with mine. Like you, I remember you saying you had a Starbucks on your island. Yeah. You were talking about being like a Slytherin. Like there was like very, it was all these things you were saying and it was, and I, that I was, was blowing up the yeah. chat, like the production chat and Karen was reading the chat and like talking to you like about it. Yeah, she's like, oh, my God, Jessica Sterling's, like, freaking out. Like, you know, like, like you guys are going to be, like, best friends or something, like, along those lines. And then I remember I was like, Jessica Sterling. Like, I know Jessica Sterling because, I mean, because of the community that we were in and how you met your husband, which was through RHAP also, you kind of just became, like, a synonymous name. Yeah, like I was known in that in that uh, uh, community simply be mainly because that was how I met my husband. And so it was kind of just like a thing that I was known for that. And so, yeah. And so it was kind of funny because throughout the game, I tried to be obviously you're as a production member, you want to be 
um, unbiased. And so I was like, well, I can't be friends with her yet. Right. Cause we're like playing this game, but every time, so the, it, like in survivor or a big brother or whatever, we had things like for confessionals. So someone would jump, jump in like a player would jump into like a voice confessional and a producer would jump in and ask them questions. And every time you were in the voice channel, I immediately was like, boom, I'm in there. And I was asking <laughs> yeah. you questions. So I was in like 90% of your confessionals. You were. Yeah. I think that yeah. there's like one that you were not. Yeah, I was in a lot of yours. And so throughout that, it was very fun. And like, we got to know each other just through that. Obviously, you probably didn't learn as much about me just because I was like on the production side trying to remain as uh, impartial as possible. Right. We didn't add each other on Twitter or Facebook until after the game. You would. Yeah. Well, no, I think you added me on Instagram and you were like, oh, it's t- is it time for us to be best friends? And I was pretty yeah. sure I said something like, oh, in like three days or whatever. Like it was like yeah, you had yeah, to wait yeah. till the game was over because it was only a few day game. Um, and so, yeah. So then after all of that happened, we became very fast friends. Like Sarah was saying, we talked a lot, a lot, a lot. And then literally it was like two months into us talking. We talked about like, oh, um, you, you said on June 30th, 2020, you said at the end of the day, I think all I want is a podcast where I can rant and rave and try to be funny in my unfunny way. (laughs) Oh yeah. Look at that. Yeah. So I, Actually, I had a dream of having a podcast basically since 2007 when I first listened to podcasts for the first time where mm-hmm. um, I listened to MuggleCast. I listened to like Smodcast or whatever. And then eventually Serial. Serial. Eventually RHAP. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so I always dreamed of having a podcast. And there was a time where I was saying that like, oh, if I can do anything in the world – I would like to make um, – I really was into creating cards and, like, invitations, mm-hmm. paper works, paper art, and have a podcast. Like, that was my dream. And, um, like, I didn't know how to do it, and I didn't – it had to be, like, a very specific person. That was, like, my whole thing. Like, I, if I ever were to have a podcast, it would have to be, like, a very specific co-host and it became more and more evident the more that we talked that like Jessica was that person for me yeah it was very funny because like uh you were like oh everyone has a podcast now and I was like they do I say why while helping produce a podcast and so like Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of the behind the scenes work in terms of editing um editing voice confessionals editing audio in general um kind of learning a little bit more of the ropes I had not yet I mean now that I you hear my plugs at the end of every podcast here like I do a lot of podcasting and behind the scenes work that was obviously all before any of that um, and so at, at a certain point in July, I said, I should rewatch Boy Meets World. That was such a good show. And you say it all comes. Yes, I would. Yes, yes, I would do that with you. And I said, oh, that would be fun. We could do like an episode every couple of days. Yeah, just a rewatch <laughs> together. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I have the DVDs. I have to take my first crush, crush seriously. Uh, and you, so you said, um, oh, that's very funny. I love Sean. His hair is so dreamy. And you said, my Jewish ass thought Ben Savage's hair was dreamy. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. And by the way, the DVDs were not there. Like, no, the, that was, a, yeah, eventually you realized that the, the DVDs had gotten like taken or thrown away from my mom or something like that. Yeah. Um, but we didn't yeah. know that at that point. But and yeah, we, we were talking in general. We were talking like Sean and Corey. We were talking mm-hmm. about like, oh, the Halloween episode where we were both like terrifying and I said that episode gave me nightmares 
Um, and so, yeah, so then I said, I don't know if there are podcasts, but that would be fun. And then you said, who else is better qualified? And then in parentheses, anyone else, which I do feel like is kind of the motto of our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> qualified, yeah. anybody else. Anybody else. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> big boobs, no brains. That's our motto. Exactly. Big boobs, no brains. Yeah. Uh, and I said, all the more reason we should do it. And you said, I'm nearly serious, but you're too busy. Um, and I said, and I this mean, is I'm the not- game that I play. I'm like, you're too yes. busy. You don't be hard have to get. time for me. But like I have, I'm just like hoping and praying that like you would be open to it. Well, and I said, I mean, I'm not that busy. It's a 25 minute show. And I said, granted, I'm positive our podcast would be like two hours. <laughs> and some of them were. Some of them are, not all of them. Uh, and uh, and so yeah, and so you said, yeah, you know what? It per- it's perfect because I love Ben Savage and you're a writer, strong girl. We're very polarizing. And I said, yeah, we don't clash. Um, and it was very funny cause we, we like started talking about this and whether or not it would actually be like a doable thing. And then in August I said, oh, I need to rewatch Dawson's Creek. And you said, I've never seen Dawson's Creek. And I said, what? Okay. That's the podcast. Mm. So you said, oh, like, uh, you said, really, do you want to ditch Boy Meets World? And I was like, no, we need to do both. And so that okay. was like, this is in August of 2020. So this was even before we even started Boy Meets World at that point. Like we were very close to starting it, but we yeah. hadn't yet. Yeah. Dawson's Creek was always in the loop. That's the, I mean, obviously you have the receipts in front of you. Yeah. And then it was kismet because it came on a streaming platform like soon after. And we were like, oh my gosh, come on. Yeah. we. I think we we're going to wait a certain point to start Dawson's Creek. And then it's, it was like, um, it started on, it released on Netflix. And then I, we yeah. basically said, okay, it's like now or never essentially. Yeah. Like we well, better yeah. just hop on this bandwagon. Yes. Yeah. Basically it was like, I, you asked me what microphone I should get. I, you should get, I gave you a terrible recommendation. We now have better microphones than the ones. Yeah. We did but the, the, first the blue episode. snowballs right there. So yeah, I'm looking it, at it right now. Yeah, we had those microphones. You bought them, and I said, and then you said, if you're serious, I'm serious, sis. And I said, hell's yeah. And wow. that was pretty much it. And this was August 4th that yeah. we decided. We looked into, like, are there any other Dawson's Creek podcasts? And so then we were trying to figure out, we decided, okay, we're going to be a 90s show recap podcast. Like, we right. knew that from the beginning. Yeah, because we didn't want to be just stuck on one show whether that be Dawson's Creek or Boy Meets World like we wanted the opportunity to explore we wanted yeah. bonus content opportunities movies yeah yeah it was we wanted the option to branch out eventually which I think again even though no one ever knows the title of our podcast um, I still think it was the smartest idea we could have made to not just do one or the other to kind of make the yeah. name of the podcast open to to anything that we wanted to do yeah I um, agree. anything 90s related and so, um, so yeah, it was just very funny because some of our conversations cracked me up looking back. Like, uh, I said, oh, Pacey's wearing tidy whiteies. And you said, who is she? And I was like, Pacey is a man. Like, it was just oh, like. That's in writing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I yep. didn't know Pacey was um, a, a guy. Yeah, you didn't know. And you said, I'd assume there's a creek. Katie Holmes lives there and studies Scientology there. <laughs> uh... Yeah. yeah. So it was then we started figuring out the name. We had to figure out the name. Uh, we need we knew we were leaning into the 90s of it all, but we weren't exactly sure about what we should title it. Um, and uh some of the funny ones. So you had said, um, you said, here's my first two shitty ideas. My first TV boyfriend, and did you tape it? Uh, like a play on how did we record stuff on an actual VCR tape back in the day? 
genius innovation nailed it and then <laughs> you came up with blank and other lies 90s shows taught me so very similar to what our actual podcast is yeah but longer somehow somehow even longer <laughs> yeah uh and i said i like the third one but it might be a bit too long yeah a little <laughs> so uh and i said what about things 90s shows taught me or shit 90s shows taught me if we're sassy and we're sassy <laughs> and we're sassy and we're sassy. That's how we got there. <laughs> uh, and I said, it references 90 shows. It shows that Will will be more adult with swearing and whatnot. And you said, she's deaf cute. Uh, and so then we, that was kind of it. We figured out like what, and we, we kind of figured like, yeah, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about these shows, but we'll also intersperse it with like stories of our own, you know, personal stories, whatever. Yeah. Um, right, exactly. And yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. We started Boy Meets World in August and never looked back. And then Dawson's Creek soon thereafter in January of that of the next year. Exactly. Uh, yep. And here we are now, two and a half years later. Here basically. we are. Here we are. And, you know, we've I think like one of the the things that I'm most proud of, I spoke about this a couple of episodes ago, has been our consistency. I think the hardest yeah. thing about starting anything, I've always heard about this with like YouTube or even like a workout regiment or you know anything like it's the consistency that's hard yeah. it's like getting into a process or like getting into a habit um and continuing it and that's the one thing that like i feel that i'm very proud of has been our consistency like you and i have been like very consistent with um one to two podcasts a week coming out Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've rarely had skip weeks. You know, we've had some emergencies where we've had to like take a week off or a vacation mm -hmm. here or there. But for the most part, we release a podcast, if if not uh, twice a week. You know, with Dawson's Creek and Boy Meets World. Yeah. Um, we we're usually coming out with weekly content, and I think that was something that uh, a little like behind the scenes, maybe you can tell from our personalities. But like, we drive very well. We're very different people. Um, but our work ethic is the same. And I think we both are very regimented in our routines yeah. and that is something that we share. And I think what's worked out very nicely is that over the years, right? Like I've always taken on the editing and done that and you've always done the graphics and that both plays to our strong, strong suits. Right. So like if you are interested in ever starting a podcast, I think the number one thing you want is a co-host, you know, you can work well with because yeah. some people just don't jive. And I think that that is something that we have like, done very well together is like the workload has always been 50 50 and kind of sharing that workload together and not ever feeling like one person is doing more than the other person yeah exactly or and it's always been um it, there's also been like a a bunch like there's like kindness too like you don't get on my case if like i don't post a graphic exactly at the time oh like, yeah no you know there's it's just very easy and i mean like truthfully we got lucky because like we said before we hadn't known each other for that long it's it could have been a disaster for sure it could have been a disaster but i think that it's just it just it just worked and i'm very very grateful for that um yeah and Boy Meets World was definitely the right show for us um, to start with. I think that it made a lot of sense. It was a show that you and I were both nostalgic about. We both had seen it before. Um, there are other Boy Meets World podcasts who are who did it before us and who do are still ongoing and are spectacular. Um, I will say that I think that we are one of the first or are the first 
um b- uh, like two female team to start and complete it yeah i think so i think almost every other podcast has at least one man on it and i think we're one yeah. of the only ones with an all-female podcast um group but right um but, I mean, yeah we had every sort of person on as a guest to get different perspectives but yeah it's been I think like what like it was nice to have like a female perspective watching and giving our opinions. Definitely. And I think like uh one of the reasons Boy Meets World was such a perfect first show for us is both we were both familiar with it, which was something that was really nice. And um it just is one of those shows that even going through all of it now, it's not everything is like um is as as we remembered it. But I still think there are like life lessons in there that yeah. like television these days just isn't it's not the same. And I know that makes me sound like so old, but 90s television is just very different than it is now. And for better and for worse. Right. Like we called out a lot of the shit that we did not like in Boy Meets World. But yeah. there's also a lot of stuff that you could learn from the show. And so like moving on to kind of like uh, talking a little bit more about like our overall feelings on the series and if it lived up to our expectations of like what our memories were of it. I think there are certain things that we've certainly changed our opinions on, right? Like, uh, what is it? Episode one, episode four or whatever of the podcast, you're like losing your mind about Topanga and Corey being the best couple of all time. That's true. And That's I, true. I, I don't know. Do you, has your opinion changed on that now? Oh, absolutely. I, I think that, any couple that you overanalyze like we did, I think that you're going to find faults in it. And I think that the same could be said for Jim and Pam or Ross and Rachel or any other yes. couple. If you are going through these relationships with a fine tooth comb, like you're going to find faults in it. And I don't know if there is a TV show couple that is absolutely perfect. What I can say is that um, I really liked a lot of elements between Angela and Sean um, that I felt like were very healthy for relationships. And yeah. I think that Corey and Topanga are infamous and also they grew up together. So there's going to be a lot of sticky situations that they find themselves in. But yeah, um, I wouldn't say that they're like the best tv show couple of all time no but i think would be i think a lot of it is too 90s television uh, for better or for worse was different than it is now um where they treated couples kind of with kid gloves um Mm -hmm. like they were like delicate china sometimes like the show was almost afraid to break them up for too long or afraid to have them date other people or you know afraid to make big moves is what it feels like a lot of the time they were afraid to uh, hurt their darlings. Um, and it could be because, uh, you have a young cast and they didn't want people losing their minds uh, at these actors, right. For these decisions made by the writers, it could be because they didn't want the kids who are invested in the, this teenage romance to, to hate the show and stop watching. Um, and so for better or for worse, I think there are moments that don't necessarily live up to our expectations and even our opinions on things have changed and probably align a lot more with the adults now because we are adults. We are not kids and we can see things for what they are when kids kind of can't really see beyond um, like, uh, you know, and that moment in time, it is their everything. It's all consuming. It's all they know. Yeah. When you're an adult, you have just a more perspective um, and so I still really love the show. I still would recommend to anybody to oh, go out absolutely. and watch the show. Absolutely. Um, 
I think it'd be silly if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the show, but if you haven't and you just really, for some reason, like listening to Sarah and I talk, I do recommend you go watch the show. I think there's still a lot to learn. Not everything is going to hold up um, to, to like our 2022 opinions now, Mm -hmm. but I still think there's like plenty of life lessons. And I, I even would go so far as to say, Sarah, that like, this is a show that uh, still like adolescents and, and teenagers would still very much benefit from. Yeah, I think so too. I think that, um, I think that there's going to be generations of millennials who grew up with the show who are going to show it to their children. I listen to, um, writer strong talk about how he watches it with his son Indy and Indy's the age that he kind of was maybe a little bit younger when he started recording the show. And I think that it could carry over um, to other generations. I think that once they released it on Disney channel, I think it did get a new audience as well. Um, I think that it still has a lot of the really special things that I attributed to the show in the very beginning I think that it still holds true that it grows with this audience I think it does a really good yes. job with that I think that they handle difficult situations really well um I think that you know going into it it's probably very very hard just to tell if you are going to have talented children I think that all of the actors like really you know, did a great job and like, it was enjoyable to see them grow up in front of my eyes. Um, I think that I have a new appreciation for, uh, writer strong and a new appreciation for Will Friedle. I think that I Mm -hmm. underappreciated them. Um, but I think that they're kind of like the standouts of the series. Um, I guess my biggest like, you know, sadness comes from the fact that and this is something that we've talked about over and over again, but just how women were given storylines or lack thereof. Um, I feel like Topanga, she got there eventually, but I think that there were about four seasons where she was extremely underutilized. Yeah. And I think that um, she was very Corey focused. And I think that that's not on uh, Danielle Fischel. It's yeah. on the writers for, you know, taking the boy and Boy Meets World very literally. Yeah. I think if there's uh, a few things to point out in terms of things that we didn't like about the show, or maybe that didn't necessarily age well, something we struggled with, definitely what you mentioned in terms of having three-dimensional female characters and giving those female characters something to do, their own storyline, something not involving their romantic partners. All of those things were big issues that we had. I went back and uh, this week and I had listened to every one of our season recaps that we do, the wrap-ups at the end of every season. Time and time again, we said the same thing about the women on the show and how we hoped maybe next season they would get more to do. And it just kind of never came um, for the most part. Topanga got a little bit more to do in the end. But I think that's like the biggest thing. And on top of that, you know, obviously diversity was not um, being talked about. It was not being monitored. It was not, it was not just being implemented in shows. There was no diversity. Um, Mm -hmm. Something that is, we talked a lot about Trina McGee and her experience on the show and kind of um, our, our problems with how they handled Angela and, and Trina herself. And I think those are some big things we could take away from the show and just, 
being that it's now 2022, it is something we are actively looking at, right? It is something that we, when we watch television, we assess and we say, wow, this is a whitewashed cast. You know, it's something that we're all conscious of now. Um, and I think that is something that I will take away from Boy Meets World is we've all gotten better than this now in 2022. This is just not acceptable by today's standards. Um, and it's just something to keep in mind, you know, and uh, while the show is wonderful in, in its own way, it has its own, it has its faults. Of, of course it does. Yeah. Um. So I, I definitely don't regret doing it. I, I love the show still. I think uh, most of it, I really, really enjoyed. There are some slogs here and there, yeah. but I never was coming onto the podcast like, ugh, I have to record today or ugh, I, I don't want a podcast about this yeah, show. Yeah, like, I never, never felt- my opinion. Yeah. I haven't felt that way either. Um, and I th- especially think that, um, you know, even like season seven, like lived past my expectations. I think that that was a lot, very, very enjoyable. Um, I think that there, a lot of it, like, you know, really did hold up considering that's a show from the nineties. I think that's still like a, a really brilliant show. Um, but once again, when you're looking at anything with such a close magnifying glass, you're going to see faults in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're really picking the show apart week by week. And I think like it's a it is a kid's show, right? With some yeah. adult themes later on. But um, of course, we're going to notice some faults in it along the way. Stuff that doesn't age well because it's we're we're 30 plus years now in the in the future. So um who knows maybe when 20 years 30 years from now everything we're saying will be out of date you know i'm sure Um, sure sure it will be when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply um, but should we get into, we have some kind of compiling of some stats and some information just to wrap things up. Mm-hmm. Um, should we break down our official final theme song rankings? Oh yeah. Here? Sure. Um, as we all know, theme songs five, six, and seven were exactly the same. Um, besides some of the visuals, the songs themselves were the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go through mine first at the very bottom. I have season one. It was way too long for me. I didn't like it. was very corny, too. Um, so I, I wasn't a big fan of that one. Two was like the shortest one. I personally prefer a short theme song. I don't mind it. It's kind of quick to the point. Get it over with. Let's dive into the content. And then I had three at number three, then four. And then, of course, uh, five, six and seven are number one. It is the classic Boy Meets World theme song. It is the one that. I think of personally when I think of Boy Meets World, it is the one that gets stuck in my head is the one that I'm singing. Yeah. Are you going to sing it? Uh, and it's Boy Meets World. I don't know the words. Remember, Boy we did this. Uh, it's a, it's nonsense. Yeah, we looked it like up. It was wandering down this road that we call life. It's what we're doing. It's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to know that, you know, friends, friends will, will always stay by, by me. me. It's a Boy Meets World. It's, it's nonsensical. It's, it is nonsensical. nonsensical. But it's a bop. Yeah, yeah, and um, of course, you know it's funny. Like the the water bucket dumping is so infamous. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets echoed 
in a, another show. Of course it does. <laughs> Girl Meets World. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I have always disliked the season two theme song. It's just a, a blip and I don't have time for that. I want a little substance. Yeah. You know, a little substance. Um, then I have number season one. And I mean, like, who doesn't like flying world globes? And it's like, <laughs> the freaking globe was ridiculous. Yeah, it really, it really goes on. It gets stuck in your head. And then it's like, yeah, it's really like anything and every sound that you could want. It's five songs in one. It truly is. Yeah, but it's nostalgic for nostalgic's sake. Um, uh, season three. I don't even remember what season three was. Was season three the one where they jump in the car? No, that's season four. Well, that's number four. That's number four. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I'm sure I've had strong feelings with uh, season three. I just can't remember what it is. Um, so whatever. And then, uh, obviously, the boy meets worlds. Boy meets it might make no sense, but obviously, five, six, and seven are the best theme song yeah it doesn't matter if it makes no sense if it's a bop so they need to just like keep the same theme song i think that's what television has learned is don't confuse the audience you gotta very confused yeah you gotta keep the audio the same even if you're changing the visuals now if i can't remember what season three is does that mean that it should go on the bottom no no because at the time you really liked it i tolerated it let's be real you know what it was decent enough okay i tolerated it um let's move on to our season rankings overall seasons as i said i went back and i listened to all of our season recaps throughout the series Mm -hmm. um and i did i did update my rankings a little bit sarah do you want to give us yours first of what you decided the uh the season ranking should be for you yeah it's a little it's a little kind of like a little because i had very strong feelings that two and six were my least favorite seasons and I can go back and forth between like what I liked and did not like. Um, I know that I think that I my least favorite season is six, but honestly, it could be two because I just feel like no, the issue with season two was that like it was just Corey just trying to figure out like what he was good at the entire time. It was so repetitive. And the issue with season six was that everyone was fucking annoying. So I think everybody's fucking annoying is probably worth. <laughs> yeah. So the reason, so I was similar to you last week when we talked about having two and six, like I wasn't sure which belonged where after listening to our season recaps, I really disliked season six, like for a lot of reasons. But when, when I listened to our season two recap, it was more of like, I liked season one better, but it wasn't by a ton. It wasn't by yeah. a large margin. Okay. And so for me, that is why season six is all the way at the bottom. Yeah. Because it's just season. everyone is unlikable. Yeah. Everyone's unlikable. Um, we think we're going to get college fun stuff and we don't really get college fun stuff. No, no, we don't. Not at all. Um, I think my least, my third least favorite season is season one. Uh, it's really, really cute. So it's not that bad, but it's just like kid stuff. And it's a lot of basketball and baseball. And it's too just much like sports, too much, a lo- lot of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think I'm going to put season seven um, because I really, really liked it. And once again, it could go up into my number three spot, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep it there. Because season four, which is my third favorite, it has 
a lot of those like infamous episodes that are like so boy meets world and i think that when i think back on the series a lot of the episodes i think of happen in season four so i want to give it its due um season three is a great season of boy meets world it's sean's season it's the season where he really works out his family stuff it's turner's season it's a really really good season and then season five is like of course the best season like without a doubt that's like where a lot of the drama comes in i think that's where it's like the lauren stuff the ski lodge um at the end it's is that like they they graduate college uh, high school yes it's the proposal it's just like all the meat and potatoes are in season five so it's of course the best season of boy meets world yeah my rankings are very similar to yours because i have six all the way at the bottom and then two and one for very similar reasons to what you said like one and two are very cute seasons but they're also very childish and they don't get into the very heavier stuff like they do they touch on the heavy stuff right like there's always the sean heavy stuff yeah but they don't get into the more serious serious stuff until later um and then mine's a little bit different in that i have four lower than seven again this is a very close call for me seven just had like some of the like really really fun stuff that i kind of wasn't expecting like again we talked a lot about this a little bit last week about how the final season of a show usually they're phoning it in and sometimes the actors did feel like they were phoning in a little bit but it's more about like wow i wasn't expecting this to be so good after the dud of season six yeah and so it impressed me so much um that i did end up putting it above season four and then my top two are the same as yours three and five five is spectacular it's amazing tv we have and then there was sean the lauren stuff is we were loving we were lapping that up we were here we were. for the drama we were here for linda cardellini messing stuff up with Corey and Topanga. Mm -hmm. It was because it, it felt like there were actual stakes. Like it felt like, oh my gosh, Corinne Topanga are actually going to break up. It wasn't this like nonsense back and forth that we see a lot of yeah. the time. And so I really love season five. I feel like anybody who's anybody who watches the show probably has season five at the top as well. Um, it's just, it's that good. Yeah. Which I feel like is pretty impressive to be five years into a show and say that's the best season. Yes. I think what it is is that because you Corey and Topanga are dating obviously because they start dating in what season three so like obviously they're still dating but it just feels like they're doing something different they're doing something fresh they're reinvigorating the show which yeah. is why six was so disappointing because it's like oh they're going to college this shall be it new should this will be, be exciting. fresh. Yeah. And it, it was such a disappointment, which is why I think for us it falls so low because we were we, our expectations were very high for it. Right, exactly. So. And they keep switching apartments, and it's very annoying. It's maddening. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Constant why? revolving doors. Ridiculous. Um. All right, let's move into um. Let's move into our MVPs and LVPs here. Um. So I'm gonna give you some stats. I'm gonna allow you to guess a little bit as well. Okay. So for MVPs, we had nine different winners of MVP wow. across the seven seasons. And that's between the two of us, right? So that is, so there were uh, 14 awards to be given for MVP, nine unique winners of that award. Um, who is it? Uh, two, of those nine people, two people got awarded the MVP more than once. Okay. So, uh, out of curiosity, who do you think were the like top two vote getters for MVP over the cross the series? Has to be Sean. 
and I think it could be Eric. Okay. And who do you think is the number one between those two? Sean. Okay. I will say you are correct in that it was Eric and Sean as the top two vote getters. Mm-hmm. However, Eric was wow. our MVP of MVPs. He won it four times. Between the two of us? Between the two of us. So I have given it to him. There was one season, and I'll, I'm going to scroll up for my rankings right here. There was one season where we both gave it to Eric, which was season four. Yeah, that was um, Eric's season. It was the Eric season. We both gave it to him season four. You uh, gave it to him two other times, <laughs> I believe. I'm his I biggest fan. Who knew? Who yeah. knew? Um, you gave it to him in He's season five. seven. Yes, season seven. Um, and you gave it to him in, let's see, season three. No, two. Sorry. Season two. It was the me. um the Tudor episode. Remember the memorable Tudor episode where like he decides against like yeah. uh sleeping with the girl to get the the answers oh, to the test yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, our, I'm honestly like shocked. Shocked that yeah. I, I'm just like you, like I would have guessed it would be Sean. So Sean had two. Sean won it twice. Um I'm just I'm honestly shocked that it wasn't Sean. Like you think about the show. And you think, oh, it'll be it'll be Sean who gets MVP. And he got right. it. Uh, Sean got his two MVPs. Both of us gave it to him in season three. Well, yeah. I mean, that is, without a doubt, Sean's season. Is it, yeah. is it pity? Is it pity votes to Eric? Absolutely not. No. And I think, um, <laughs> I think what it is, is season four, we both gave it to him. He was very deserving of it then. And season yeah. seven, you made an excellent case for it being not just Eric, but Will Friedell. And I think that is mm-hmm. something that we need to, like, reiterate uh, Will Friedle, an icon. Like I appreciate him ten times more. I do having too. rewatched the series, and I think part of it is I think um, in the back of your mind you're always like, oh, they made him dumb, they dumped him down. I really liked your like canonical way of thinking of like, no, he knows he needs a new role. I feel like he is one of the best comedic actors on this show. Absolutely, and. I'm so impressed with him after this rewatch. And you know what? King of Kings, he deserves the the four crown, uh, four crowns across all the seasons. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I think that there's a lot of time. I mean, he could play emotional. He did. That was season four. But he was yeah. also funny in season four. And he can be funny. And I think that he has the ability to be a versatile actor, which I really appreciate. I mean, like Ryder Strong, such a great dramatic actor. But, I mean, even him himself can admit that he's not, like, prefers not to lean into his comedy. Yeah. And then, you know, Corey could have gotten that, but they didn't give Ben Savage dramatic hardships, which I don't understand why, uh, aside from the fact that, like, they just didn't think that maybe Ben Savage felt comfortable enough to in his acting to do that yeah well he did get he earned one mvp and that was from you Corey did um the other people sorry there were 10 unique uh winners i forgot one so um the other people who got um mvp awards were minkus zaddy matthews allen (laughs) which like wow that was like way back in what like season one or two yeah um mr turner angela Corey, jack Feeney and Topanga all earned MVP. Oh, good. I'm glad that Topanga got it because I kind of feel bad that 
I gave it to her in the final season. I thought she had earned it by then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's sad that Topanga couldn't get an MVP. It is. Often. It's very sad. Yeah. Um, as for LVPs, six unique winners here. Okay. Any guesses on who the most loserist of the show is? Loseriest. I'm assuming it's Corey. Any guess? So uh, there is a far and away front runner here, and then two people who are tied for second. Do you want to guess the second, the tied people? Um, I just feel like it's the general Matthews family. <laughs> just okay. like Amy Allen Morgan. Okay. Uh, Corey definitely won the most LVPs. Yeah, we seven. Shit on him. Poor thing. Seven. No. I'm not kidding. Seven. He oh, won we're seven. So mean. No, we he he deserved them. He <laughs> deserved them. He um so he he was fine up until season four. Season four is when he got his first LVP and he got it from both of us. Yeah. But and there was a season where I gave him the LVP and the MVP. That was season five. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like he was good. He was a good. He was we tolerated him up until season four, and then it was all downhill from there. Because then mm-hmm. season five, we both gave it to him, and then season six, we both gave it to him, and then season seven, you gave it to him. I gave it to Jack. Oh, so you gave him one extra. He only would have had. Wow, six I'm sorry, Corey. I just, it's just it. because it's, I'm like you know I'm disappointed. You were my first TV show crush. Mm-hmm. Now I have to find a new TV show. Now I'm now all of my beans are Without in Ethan's on from Survivor. <laughs> well, you better hope he doesn't get canceled or something. <laughs> <laughs> I had you and I had Ethan's on, and now I just have Ethan's on. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then as for the other two, you were correct in that it is all in the family here. Eric had two. And Morgan had to. Um, mm. Morgan was mostly in the beginning when she kept screaming her lines. And, and was she was bananas. non-existent in season two. Uh, yeah. Season two, you gave, um, we both, no season. Yeah. We gave it to season two or we gave it, excuse me. We gave her them in season two. Yeah. Um, we both did. Um, Eric, it's interesting that to me that he has both the LVPs and MVPs because I feel like it really is the tale of like two Eric's like some seasons he really mm-hmm. annoyed us, but the seasons we liked him, we loved him. Was it season one where we were giving him an LVP? Um, I gave him an LVP. Um, and, uh, and then you gave him an LVP in... Where else does he get one? I'm just scrolling through our document here to see. He must be because I I gave him one early on. Um. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh. Yeah. We both gave it to him in season one. Yeah. Yep. So that's where he earned both his LVBs because he was just like a mean older brother. Yeah, he was and was very into dating. Um, a bunch of different girls named Heather, which actually I think is just all one Heather. From yep. what I've discovered. Yes. yes. <laughs> One oh Heather. They just filmed it out of order. Yeah. Uh, some of the other winners we have are Turner, Amy, and Jack. Or other we were elders. mad at, at Turner. Yeah. We were, I was he, so mad at he Turner. Did he, he did us dirty. He did. I was so excited for him. He won MVP my one season. Then the very yeah. next season, he got LVP. Because he ditched Sean without like much of an explanation. Yeah. Was, yep. And he was like afraid of commitment. We were very upset with him. Not okay. Yeah. Um, let's move on to some of our fashion hour stats. Now, we stopped doing fashion hour four seasons in because it became very obvious what was going to be happening. Um, for the Rachel Green Award, I'm not even gonna make you guess because it's so supremely obvious. It's Topanga. Topanga won three 
of the four times. Mm-hmm. And was Sean the winner when it wasn't her? Sean was the winner when it wasn't her. Yes. Yeah. Um, for the Paul Rudd uh, t- certificate of timelessness, Topanga also won twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Topanga then, always had the best clothes and was like yes. Amy a close second. No, Corey and Feeney were the other two winners. Oh, because I was stuffing the Feeney vote ballot. You were stuffing so that ballot. Hard. Yes, that ballot box was <laughs> stuffed with Feeney votes. All I wanted was Feeney to win. And the he did. Box. He and did. he did. He did. Um, there was a reason we stopped doing the fashion hour. It's first of all, it is a lot of work on on our end to like screenshot everything and, and Sarah doing the graphics. But also it just became such an obvious thing that Topanga was going to win every time. So it's kind of like, why are we doing this when we know it's going to be Topanga the fashion icon right. Topanga she is yeah doily yeah. dress and all yes. some season seven she probably would have lost oh my god the mom outfits I can't yeah I think like Angela would have taken it yes her. definitely Angela would have won for sure um all right let's let's get into some superlatives we Ooh. we wrote up some superlative ideas um, we're not going to go into like proper episode, like top tens or anything like that. Cause we feel like eventually with enough time away, we'll want to revisit Boy Meets World. And we feel like maybe we could do a top 10 episode at that point. Let us know if that's something that you want us to do. Right. Um, but the superlatives we have. So for best couple, who do you have? It's gotta be Sean and Angela. Yeah, that is exactly who I put. It's just... After all the Corey and Topanga stuff, it just feels like Sean and and Angela's. What'd you say? We're fatigued from Corey and Topanga. We are fatigued. And Sean and Angela just feel like way more of a realistic couple. Mm -hmm. They're not like put up on this pedestal, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, I definitely agree with that. Amy and Alan, I mean, like they're pretty solid. They're a very solid couple. Yeah. They're runner up, I I would say for me. Yeah. Yeah. Best duo. This is obviously separate from like a romantic couple because it's yeah. an on-screen duo. In my opinion, there are only two answers to this. Hmm. Interesting. Um, well, yeah. I think my vote has to be Corey and Sean. I think that they're the best friends forever. Just a duo forever and ever. They probably love each other more than their significant others. See, I went with a different duo simply because I feel like this duo is a little less toxic in terms of uh, Sean always took Corey's opinion and it was always like, okay, Corey's not always right. Same yeah. thing with like, they, they weren't always the best for each other, no matter okay. what they tried to do. I went with Feeney and Eric because oh. I think their relationship throughout the series was like the most heartwarming in terms of like, yes, it is of Corey's show 90% of the time. But mm-hmm. I just loved the relationship they – and I, I don't know if it was because of Will Friedle and William Daniels, like if there was some, like chemistry there that they saw and they like wanted to write more about it. But I loved them on screen. I love the Feeney call. I just think they're so sweet together. And uh, I love how Feeney just has such a, such a soft spot for Eric. And he really is the one who pushed Eric to go to college and like try to get into college and not think bad about himself. Mm-hmm. And so I just love them. I gave them the best duo. Okay. I, I, I love that. That's a great answer. What was, did you have another answer? My other answer was going to be Sean and Corey. Th- that was okay. my backup duo. Okay, yep. cool. Did you have any other, any other duos in, on your mind? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think that those are definitely like the two duos. Yeah. Um, favorite one-off character so many options and i i think one-off like quote-unquote one-off like they're not a series regular maybe they're in a few episodes like they're not there to stay you know Mm -hmm. 
Um, so who did you have for your favorite one-off character? I think, what about a Desiree? I put Desiree, and it was mainly because of Puddin'. Puddin'. <laughs> How uh, much joy did we get out of Puddin'? A, a lot of joy. And if it's not her, then it's TK. That was my backup. Yes. There we go. Yeah. We're in sync today. Yeah. TK is wonderful. I, I loved TK. I thought she was interesting. She was different. Like, it was fun when she was on screen. She was so memorable. I remember podcasting about her and being like, how is she not in the series more? Because of how, like, I, I know her so strongly. I know. I know. And I think, like, those two are just so memorable that it feels impossible that they weren't in more than one or two episodes. Truly. Uh, Desiree was so fun. As a reminder, she is the one who, like, dated Eric and dated Jason. She was Southern Belle from Georgia and Puddin. She was just uh, – and her outfits were so good. Like, everything about her was iconic. Yeah, we loved – we loved Desiree. She was so good. Um, Best season premiere. This was a hard one. I looked back at all the season premieres and was like, huh, okay. This is not a show that has, in my opinion, strong premieres nor strong finales. I don't know that – I don't think they know yeah. how to do either of those very well. <laughs> no. Um, for best season premiere, I went with season three's season premiere, My Best Friend's Girl. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the one with Brittany Murphy. It's the one with Brittany Murphy as Topanga's best friend. Um, it's the one where, like, uh, this is where, like, or excuse me, Corey really wants to date Topanga. But he, like, doesn't know how to do it. And so Topanga and Sean, like, team up. Um, to get them together, basically, by uh, mm -hmm. it's it's a really fun episode. Yeah, um, I like season four where they um, you can go home again where they Corey and Sean, yes. no, sorry, Corey and Eric are on the road trip, and they like go to like the yogurt shop, and like Corey gets stuck a little, and is like, you have to go home, and he's like, I don't want to go home. That was a really good one. That was on my short list as well. I was thinking about doing that one until I found my best friend's girl. Yeah. I really liked that one. That was a great one. The great yeah. episode. Both yeah. of them are really fun. Um, what do you have for your best season finale? Oh, gosh. Maybe the series finale. Is that, I, like, cheap? No, I considered it. Um, the reason I didn't choose that one was because I, it, I associate it with being a clip show. And oh, so it totally. felt a little bit kind of meh to me. So I tried to like avoid because I felt like yeah. I could. That's kind of my runner up. I could put that. Um, but I ended up actually putting Brother Brother, which is the season three finale. Apparently, I really like the finale. And you the love, yeah, I love season, season three. Um, what about is, Proposal? I thought that one, too. That was also on my list. I think the finales are better than the premieres for Boy Meets World. Um, but Brother Brother is the one where kind of everyone is is leaving. Everyone is off to do different things. Topanga's leaving. Corey's or Sean is leaving town. And so Eric decides, you know what? We're going to go on a road trip together. And, and Corey and Eric go off on a road trip together. And I just... I don't know. I really liked that. I thought like it was very sweet yeah. for them to have that moment together. And we we really don't see a ton of it on the show. And yeah, so I remember really... that was the one where like Corey was being such a brat at was. Eric's goodbye party. And I mean, it was like the cake, wasn't it? Yes. Or no, maybe that was that his 16. I don't know. Whatever. No, that was that episode. That was that episode. And then they weren't like going to say goodbye to each other, but he shows up at the basketball court. Yes. Yeah. Good times. Yep. That was a really good episode. And here with us 
has been with us, I should say, yeah. for nearly probably the entire run of Boy Meets World, I think, at least. Yeah, some would say he might be our Farkle. <laughs> some would say that i have no idea what that really means um but here to bring a, uh to bring in with us and talk to us about girl meets world because we all know i'm not watching that show is cody patterson cody how are you doing uh, i'm doing well it's just me regular guy donnie barnes donnie barnes uh, yeah i could be the farkle and i love you both equally mm, uh not one yes. more than the other so, yes yes Donnie Barnes, regular guy. Um, Jessica doesn't know what that means, but zero idea what that means. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, Cody, welcome back. Thank you again for being like our such a great support throughout the last few years. This is, uh, you know, our last, our big last Boy Meets World podcast, and you've been there for a lot of it. So thank you. Uh, you're welcome. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm glad I was able to join you all starting in season two. Mm-hmm. I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, brought in the uh shit shit 90s fun fact yes yes Uh, yes so i wish i had one i didn't i didn't prepare one for tonight but uh (laughs) i'm still excited to be here amazing okay so what we're doing here we are going to talk about girl meets world it's been kind of since season one where jessica and i were like we will not be watching girl meets world it's not Mm -hmm. happening um i did not go through with that but Jessica, you have not watched one episode of Girl Meets World. I have yet to see an episode, and I will keep that promise <laughs> after, to myself. After all this time, even after all the time that I've been like, Jessica, you know, this happened on this episode. You still have not seen one episode. Nothing that you have told me has convinced me that I should watch the show. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, now, what I wound up doing was in the last week and a half, I have binge watched all 72 episodes of Girl Meets World. Um, there's three seasons. Uh, How are most... there 72 episodes in three seasons? So the most egregious part of all of this was yes. um, season two has 30 episodes. Yes. Which <laughs> I really felt duped by uh, yeah, going into ju- it. Just when you think it, the season's almost over. Nope. They yeah. add in like seven more episodes. Seven more episodes. Wild. Now, Cody, now, when did you watch Girl Meets World for the first time? So my wife and I watched it in real time. So when it, they announced that it was coming out on, I believe it was Disney Channel at the time, mm-hmm. we watched it. We Every week, you know, we had it on the DVR. Every week we would watch it in real time. And that season two, every week it just kept coming. I, they may have taken a break. I didn't look at the the times on those but they may have taken a break kind of in the middle of the season and then came back to to finish it off but yeah we watched all three seasons in real time wow dedication i know that i started with season one i know that i did but looking back so i think that this took place between what was it like 2014 2015 type of i was just starting out my uh career in the design field so i was much too busy to watch all of girl meets world i suppose yeah we i had i think recently watched boy meets world i had benched it when i think it was on netflix at the time and then a couple of years later they announced that the girl meets world came out and we decided Mm -hmm. we were going to sit down and watch it yeah okay so let's i want to talk about like the good the bad and the ugly yeah 
So, I mean, Jess, like, where where do you want to start? Like, do you want, like, good news or bad news first? Oh, gosh. You know what? Butter me up with the good news first so that it hurts less when the bad news comes in. Okay. So, I'm going to I'm gonna say something good. We're going to be, like, the positivity train. And then Cody's going to say something good. Okay. And then we can go back and forth a couple of times. Okay. Something good. Once you get to the second season, it gets better. <laughs> Um, I think that there, there's this special that they did, uh, in between season one and season two, that was one of my favorite episodes and had to do with, uh, like them getting scammed at a, um, what was it? They got, they used to go to this like clothing store a lot, like a, like a, like a Goodwill type of place. And they had this, like this, uh, girl on that was supposed to be like Disney channel famous. Don't know who she is. And they got scammed. uh, She she was Jesse on the show. Jesse. Oh, she was Jesse on the show. Jesse. Yeah. And she, I know, I'm sorry. I know way too much. Like (laughs) this is why we invited you, Cody, because you know the thing. Yeah. So basically the long and the short of it is, is that, um, she Riley bought like a really, really expensive outfit and then Corey came in and then he dressed up like a freaking Backstreet Boy. And that was the funniest shit I ever saw. He got like scammed into buying like a Backstreet Boy outfit. And then from there on, I feel like it got better. So especially once they got to high school, it got better. So that's okay. so positive. Cody, Love it. you got to say something good. Uh, yeah. So the reason we watched it was because we wanted all of the references from Boy Meets World. Yeah. So anytime they brought in, you know, Sean or Eric or anything from Boy Meets World, that's what would get us excited. Or any reference they made mm-hmm. to Boy Meets World. If they, you know, they did, they gave, uh, Eric gave the girls the Feeny call, you know, those oh, yeah. types of things. So Oh, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. So anytime they did something like that, then that's kind of what got us in the feels and got excited and, and laughed about the show mm-hmm. is just referencing things from boy meets world now did they have a lot of i because i know sarah you have mentioned a few times like oh turner shows up oh sean shows up blah 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 blah. how often is it that these characters from the original boy meets world are showing up on girl meets world i think you know sean shows up quite a bit uh they had that they had a whole christmas episode where uh alan and amy and sean and uh joshua but not real joshua from then it was it was like a new Joshua. Uh, all of them showed up for Christmas. Feeney showed up a few times. He was there at the very beginning. He was mm-hmm. there at the very end. He might have made a, a return. Eric showed up mm-hmm. uh, as Senator Eric. Uh, as uh, Plays with Squirrels Eric, he showed up. Wild. Uh, so things of that nature. Uh, you know, Turner showed up a few times. Uh, Angela showed up once, I once, believe. Yeah. One episode. Uh, we never saw... Uh, who was the other teacher from season two? Eli. Um, Eli. We never saw Eli. That's too bad. Uh, I really yeah. loved him in the so. in when he no was on Rachel. The show. No Rachel. Nope. Mm, we did. Uh, well, Jack, it's, it's, you can't. You can't have Rachel now that she's a porn star. Disney is not yeah. going to be having her yeah. on Girl Meets That's World. That's a big no. That's yeah. a big no. no. So it was things like that that kind of got us very interested in the show. That's true. And then yeah. there was one part where Jonathan actually said to Sean that his one of his biggest regrets in life. Was that he didn't adopt Sean, yeah. <gasps> and we called him out on that in yep. the sh- on the podcast about that. That's really nice. That's nice to get some closure on that. Yeah, yep. yeah, that was great closure. Um, 
what else? What else is good? Okay. They had a, they had a teacher show up that was exactly like Turner. She was a, a, oh, a yeah. uh, an English oh. teacher. She rode, uh, rode motorcycles and she taught oh. them comic books, things of that nature. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Corey is actually a pretty good teacher. He is. Yes. Yeah. He's okay. What not... does he teach? History? History. Uh, history. Yes. Yeah. History. And he teaches it the whole time. So they didn't have him do the history and the math and science than principal. That... <laughs> they didn't have him do that. He was history the whole time. Now, when they went to high school, obviously he followed them to high school naturally but they they okay so like the thing is is that they like to poke fun a lot at the decisions that they made in boy meets world like for example they're like that's impossible like how are you supposed to have a teacher like all like five years of going to school like they Mm -hmm. they poke they were like hint hint wink wink a lot so um it's very Mm self-referential um so yeah, I thought that Corey was a really good teacher. I liked that episode, Cody, where he um he actually got fired because yes. he stood up for the Jonathan teacher. Yes, that is correct. But then yeah, he got the, hired the principal again. was a real jerk, but yeah. Yeah. He, oh, he the principal fired. was the commander from Xenon Girl of the 21st century. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Okay, we know him. We and do. so then what they did is they then made Jonathan Turner the superintendent. Yeah. Who high who originally naturally hired yes mm-hmm. yeah um and then another thing that I enjoyed was they there was a real love triangle that yes. took place for a very long time almost the entire series almost the entire series between yeah. Riley Maya and Lucas but All right, yes. so you're gonna have to explain who whose kids is is who here okay so um as we know. Uh, Corey and Topanga have two kids, Riley, who is played by Rowan Blanchard, I think her name is. Yes. And Augie, August, whatever. And right. uh, who's played by a kid named August um, slash Augie. Because okay. I think that they like kept his name because they he couldn't act or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then Maya is Riley's best friend. She's like the Sean. Oh, so there's a yes. love triangle between Sean's kid and Corey's kid? No. And someone no, else? She has the personality of Sean, but she's not actually Sean's biological kid. Yeah. Stepkid. Sean, well, yeah, exactly. Like, Jessica remembers that because Sean okay. does date Maya's mom. Yes. And he, at the end of the series, he does decide to adopt Maya. And then, so it's those two kids. So I'm assuming they're like BFFs. They're and then best there's friends forever. Like a boy that comes between them or something. Yeah. Well, in the very first episode, Riley like falls head over heels for this Lucas kid who is like 10 inches taller than everybody. And he's yes. from Texas. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So he's like 38. So there's a love triangle throughout the seasons. That's fun. Yeah. That's spicy. Hmm. Some spice. All right. Any any other good that you want to mention? Uh, I mean, not a whole lot. Not not that's a that's about it. Oh, they did do the time capsule, so they revisited the time capsule. Yeah, we talked about that, Jess. Okay. Do you remember, I remember that? that? I was yeah. so mad. I remember being very angry about because the time she capsule. included um, Lauren's uh, letters. Yes, this yes. is some nonsense. 
they did go back to the ski lodge and they, they kind of revisited the whole ski lodge thing. That was interesting. And yeah. Riley broke her foot and stayed up all night talking to the kid that works at the ski oh lodge. Oh my gosh. Who turns out to be the son of uh Lauren. Linda Linda Carlini. Yeah. You've yeah. got this of show. Course. Of course. The audacity of this show. <laughs> of course. So I guess like that leads yeah. me into like my biggest problem. Like it is like very like stupid. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's it's very it's very bubblegum. It's very, very bubblegum. Oh. Yes. yes. So like I think the, the there's times where I'm like this is such a kids show yes. that it feels like a kids show. It feels like Disney. Like. Yes. manufacture manufactured happiness um and it, that's especially led by um riley who i feel like is the poster child for toxic positivity <laughs> um she's too happy is so much so that it gives me the ick yes it's it's very alike to you know sweet life on deck and that's so raven it's it's right up the alley of, of Disney Channel. They were aiming right at the teenagers, but they wanted to show that, hey, there's there's good in everybody, and here's someone that's always positive and never sees anything wrong. Uh, but then you had the, the Maya character where she's kind of the bad girl, but they balance each other out there the yin and the yang to each other lightning and uh, thunder lightning and thunder that's exactly yeah. right yeah Jess if we had to choose like who's lightning and who's thunder <laughs> between us I feel like I'm thunder because I'm like louder and you bring that like spice crackle okay of, I'll take of, that right? I do think that Riley was thunder because she was loud I'm not positive though that was my interpretation there you go yeah nailed it <laughs> right you win all right, so what's give me the bad? Give me the give me the give me more ugly. Uh, I'm gonna say my biggest issue with it. They they try to stay as consistent as possible, but they would have a storyline for maybe two or three episodes. Then they would skip off and do another storyline. Mm -hmm. Then they would come back to that storyline. Mm -hmm. Then they would then go off and do another one. So it was serial, but it wasn't completely serial. But they also stayed consistent to the history of the show they would do constantly do references to themselves and to boy meets world flashbacks flashbacks they they gotcha. knew what they they knew what they were uh it wasn't like boy meets world where they completely forget about things uh they did have a character uh zay uh who was lucas's best friend from texas he would kind of pop in and out uh he would all of a sudden show up in season two and then Maybe he would disappear for a few episodes and mm -hmm. then be a central character. So it was things like that that kind of bothered me. But again, it's Disney Channel. You kind of got to you got to just let loose on any of that. And but that was kind of my biggest issue with yeah. it. Yeah, I'm very pro Maya. I'm very pro Sabrina Carpenter. I really quite like Sean. Like, I think that she's layered. I think that she's interesting. Uh, they gave her like a lot of grit to deal with. Mm -hmm. But fucking Riley is like the most annoying <laughs> piece of shit that I've ever seen in my life. And Riley like, is Corey and Topanga's Corey and daughter. daughter. Yes. So yeah. annoying. She, I do like right. her when she goes into college. No, sorry. High school. I was like, going to say, they have made college <laughs> No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, sorry. High school. Uh, we get, uh, we get like a year or so of high school, which I actually did enjoy. She cut her hair and she became a little bit more bearable. I don't know why. Maybe all her annoyingness was in her hair. Yeah. I don't know. She was, 
perpetually happy, but she knew she was. And she she referenced that. And there is an episode where they did like a whole episode where she got bullied for yes. being like bubbly yep. and happy. And she was keeping a secret from everybody. And like eventually she opened up about it and she did do emotional acting. Like she did a good job. She cried, mm -hmm. which which is something that like um, Corey never did. Corey never really had anything that emotional. Mm -mm. So she she comes around. But I I don't and I oh freaking um whatchamacallit? Uh Augie is annoying. He's pretty annoying. They really kept like Topanga like stationed with Augie. Yeah, that was kind of one of I was gonna mention that that they they had a a series where Topanga bought a or bought into like a bakery shop. Mm -hmm. That was owned by was it Cloris Leachman? Yeah, right. Oh, so okay. she bought she bought into a, a bakery shop, so she became an owner. She is a, a lawyer, but she pretty much just kind of stayed home. We didn't really see her doing her lawyer thing a whole lot. They they really put her in the motherly role, yeah. where we want to see Tanga out doing more stuff. Now she was a, still a strong character at times, but a lot of the times she was just kind of home with Augie doing uh you know staying work. in the kitchen well, sounds not, like amy yeah but they they did do a lot with her she would interact with one of the with augie's neighbor friend um, okay um ava Freaking morgenstern so. the worst person the worst so annoying so annoying she's just like this possessive like little six-year-old that like controls <laughs> augie's life <laughs> It's like you're my husband. Massage my feet. Like, she, like Augie was her little whipping boy, essentially. Wow. Yeah. That sounds um, terrible. But it sounds like screaming Morgan in seasons one and two. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. painful. Yeah. At in, times. Uh, speaking of that, uh, Jess, in the finale, they did bring both Morgans back. What? Which one played Morgan? Both of them. They both played Morgan. Kind of both of them. They're like, oh, yeah. this is Aunt Morgan. They, they would tag team. Morgan. They would tag team as Morgan. Yeah. Oh, but one is it kind of like a one would be in one scene and then they would bring in a different woman and still pretend like it was the same one? No, no they would actually have a scene. One would be sitting down talking to them and then the other one would come in and they would tag tag out. What? Okay, that's too cute. That is no. Well, that's what it is. Like a lot yeah. of it's like too cute. Like that's like that's the problem. They really. The thing is though. Okay, so th what it sounds like to me is like they wanted to make a kids show, but they were like, oh, but we have to make it fun for the adults, and so yes. they're like, oh, the people that watched Boy Meets World will want to watch this. Yes. But like in my opinion, I feel like you have to do one or the other. Like make it a kids show. Or make it like a Boy Meets World, like older version where you're going to make the references. I feel like you can't have it both ways because what adult is going to want to sit through this like cutesy nonsense? These two Besides adults. Besides Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to. I mean, like I was watching it and I'm like, I freaking, I hate myself. Like I hate my life. But I mean, like it got better. I think like, like I said, the most egregious thing was that the second season was 30 episodes. I was not happy yes. about that. That's yeah. horrifying. Yeah. Um, that was a lot. Um, but, oh, this is like actually so annoying. So, as we know, Maya's mom, whose name is Katie Hart and Sean, they are an item and they get married. But the thing is, is that they never really dated. They kind of just liked each other. And then they're like, I like really like you. Do you want to get married? And then they got married. Like the next episode, I was like, what is this like fucking quickie quick wedding? Like, what is this crap? There's no like 
real like moving in process or and the the craziest thing is that maya spent the entire time being like i feel like this is too real like or too good to be true like i don't trust mm -hmm. this and then everybody was calling her like a freaking debbie downer the whole time it's like no maya's the only one that has her head on straight yeah my head canon is that in those 30 episodes they kind of dated off scene off stage somewhere i, I mean you're gonna yeah. have to think that yeah. or else it just doesn't make sense and then I, i'll say one more good thing is the theme song is a real bop yes it's the bot it's a really good song and i believe it's sung by uh sabrina carpenter and maybe rowan blanchard as well i, I think both of them i think sabrina's kind of the main singer and rowan does some backups on it yeah. Yeah. so um i would say that the theme song is better than anything that we ever got in boy meets world whoa okay high praise yeah, yeah and i think bop. they keep the same theme song throughout the entire series they well that's nice we appreciate it consistency yeah. yeah. are they as um are they as bad with continuity as boy meets world is no they're too good they're too, too good, good. Yes. they're too <laughs> good they're too self-referential yeah. oh no <laughs> that's hilarious um uh, uh we yeah. did see uh chet again as well oh so did chet you makes back in, ghost form? in yep. ghost form yeah i think it was sean deciding whether he wanted to marry katie and, and chet comes chet. in and what about Jack? Yeah. Did he ever make an appearance? Jack made one appearance. They went to they uh, went to a, a high school dance. He and Eric went to a high school dance. Oh, there again. you go. Huh. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jack was a like powerful businessman, and of we course, had Jack.com. To... <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah, and uh, and Eric had to kind of talk him back into being a good person. Wow. Yeah. Well, would you? What would you both give it? Ratings out of ten, if you had to rate the series, uh, four. Yeah, I'd probably go a little higher, maybe a five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I think like, I'm okay. just giving it points because of all the references. I think it'd be one of yeah. those things where it's like if you really love Boy Meets World, yeah. and you can stomach the thought of watching a kids show that is much more childish than boy meets world because again boy meets world had adult overtones at points and it really did teach life lessons yeah i will say like there was a time where i said oh like there's no seriousness there's no adult overtones there's no anything i i was wrong they did at times go there it just is um very disney it's in, right? yeah that's what yeah. it is it's in bubble wrap i would say yeah yeah now cory cory did have a lesson practically every episode he did yeah oh. he really had a lot to teach us yes there you go <laughs> well it sounds like something i'm not going to be watching but <laughs> i'm still so happy that you both did and were able to report on all of the good and the bad and maybe some ugly on mm -hmm. it yeah well I appreciate I appreciate you listening. Maybe one day I can get you. I'll get you to watch the one episode where he dresses up as like a Backstreet Boy. That was very funny. I could see that or I could see myself like watching like a clip show of all the references on YouTube yeah. or something. Um, like, well, that would be a nine hour long video. Oh, well, then well, I don't want to do that. You, Never mind. You, you, yeah, you get a, a point where there's a reference almost every episode. Oh, then I can't do that. It's too much for me. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much, Cody, for taking time out of your busy day to come on and chat with us about Girl Meets World. And of course, for being such a big support over these last, gosh, five seasons plus. Yeah, you're um, welcome. Thanks for having me on again. I just want to say congratulations again for making it through it. I know it was, uh, it seemed like it was going to be a long path when y'all started and 
then you kind of picked it up, but yeah, it zoomed on by two and a half years later. Here we are. And it's great. Y'all formed a great relationship because of this. And so I'm happy for you all for, for doing that. Thank Thank you you so much, Cody. Well, we we'll be talking you. soon. And of course, this is not the last time you will be hearing Cody's voice on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. He's always welcome whenever he wants. Um, thank you so much, Cody. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Bye. So, yeah, on to the question of what are we doing next? Yeah. What are we doing next? It's well, a good question. It's a very good question. Um, I think the thing is, we, I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about how we cover Dawson's Creek. So definitely check that out. Cause we're always doing that. That's going to go until like mid next year. So you still got plenty of content there. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what we're doing next besides Dawson's Creek, Sarah, what are we doing? What do we have up our sleeves? Okay. So we're picking up the bonus content instead of one to two, bonus episodes of or movies a month we're probably going to switch over to two or three um after january starting in february january we're kind of having like a slow month we're gonna relax a little we're bit gonna relax a little bit i'm tired you're tired the yeah. holidays are busy we need some r and r um we'll still come out with bonus content but not not this like amount we're talking about right so we're gonna pick up the bonus content and then we're gonna start kind of like a shorter long-term project sure so things like shows that had one season that we can spend like a month or two on um we're gonna explore a, a little um yeah. and we're gonna you know be creative there there's a couple of other things that we're aiming to achieve in 2023 so look out uh pay attention to like the social medias and our announcements and such, you know, the, the worlds are oyster really. Yeah. And if you, um, if you want to like recommend things that we do, if you have like very strong opinions on, Oh my gosh, you have to check out this mm-hmm. show. It only has one season or two seasons or whatever. Uh, you could always let us know shit 90s pod.com or shit 90s pod at gmail.com. Let us know. And maybe we'll consider doing it. You know, we love hearing what you want to hear. What's going to keep you interested. What's going to keep you yep. listening. Yeah. Um, definitely let us write it right in and let us know. Absolutely. Um, let's get into some final feedback that we received um, to kind of cap things off here. Uh, we did get an email from Justin. Um, he said, hey, ladies, a longtime listener, but first time emailer. Um, it sucks to see Boy Meets World ending. I've absolutely loved going through the series again with you lovely ladies and listening to all of your thoughts. Whether I got mad at a few, uh, the hatred of stupid Eric or laughed along, the best part was having someone else to relate to throughout the show. I'm probably in the minority as I've mostly stuck to your Boy Meets World coverage and I've only checked out the specials I had an interest in. Um, and he does mention, would, would you be open to doing Buffy for a shorter series, their smart guy or brotherly love? Mm. Um, I can't wait to see what's next for you. And I apologize for this long email. Only the best going forward. Justin, this is one of the shortest emails we've ever received. So don't worry. You always feel feel welcome to ramble on. We love to hear it. Thank you so much, Justin. Great suggestions. Absolutely. And thank you for being a part of you know, our family over here. I appreciate you. Yeah. We love when people write in and thank you so much for listening to all these ridiculous episodes. There's so many of them. Um, and of course we also heard from Jem. Uh, Jem says, hi and happy holidays. I started a boy meets world rewatch this weekend while painting my dining room and two Ooh. moments of coincidental foreshadowing stood out to me. So apparently in season one, episode four, the first time Topanga speaks on the show, she turns around to Corey and says, give me your hand foreshadowing her proposal 
Oh yeah. Shem is brilliant. Very, um, very brilliant. We did not come up with that. Never, never would have even thought about that. Uh, and in season one, episode 22, at the end of the Feeney episode, um, or excuse me, at the end of the episode, Feeney and Corey are planting a geranium and Feeney has a metaphor about growth and thriving, foreshadowing his metaphor about Topanga in the series finale. Yeah. Oh, we mentioned a little bit about the plants and everything about I how that love was nice. A gardening metaphor. Can't get any better than that. Yeah. Uh, Jem also says the Matthews kitchen sucks. It has tile countertops with grout to clean. The triangle is messed up with the island in the way of the fridge. I do love the counter space by the fridge, though, and the window seat by the stairs. The dining room between the living room and kitchen seems to have disappeared by episode two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I love a house with two staircases because it feels fancy so um, fancy it does i agree I mean, though i would never want um kitchen tile with that grout as your countertop that's terrible yeah a lot of scrubbings and mm-hmm. staining staining in the grout yeah it's not seriously, fun not good not, not fun at all yeah um they also said speaking of shows with a house with two staircases i'd be ecstatic if you considered covering sabrina the teenage witch or the nanny imagine bringing back fashion hour for the nanny Ooh. <laughs> uh I watched the entire series last year and really enjoyed it and appreciate the talents of Fran Drescher, who I think is the Lucille Ball of the 90s. That's a phenomenal take. That is. Fran Drescher, an icon. An mm-hmm. icon of the Have 90s. you ever watched The Nanny? I used to watch it when I like um it was on my like summer rotation because it was yeah. on the reruns were always on in the day during the day. So I definitely I watched a lot of the nanny. Like I certainly didn't watch I haven't seen every episode, I'm positive. Yeah. What about and, you? I mean, Sabrina the Teenage Witch is amazing. Iconic. Definitely iconic. I think like all those, like Sabrina, like Clarissa explains it all. All of yeah. those are very memorable. So, so much um, so. And Jem says, thanks for reading and have a happy and healthy holiday season. You too. You too, Jem. Thank you so much for writing in your feedback. I love uh, I love those little tidbits of like foreshadowing. That's really yeah. fun. Oh, That's gosh. Yeah. I mean, really should at one point in my life like watch back and see if i can find any other they're unintentional yeah oh yeah so for sure cool. um so that is our feedback thank you to everyone who submitted feedback at all ever throughout our entire series of covering yeah. the show we always appreciate it we love getting emails and voicemails and just hearing from anybody who is like taking the time out of their day to listen to us is always appreciated um, and of course, Sarah, we have to thank all of our guests that came yeah. on to the podcast because there have been so many of them. Yeah, that have come 23 on. unique guests. Oh my God. All right. Name them off. Okay. Roll call. Will Afferty, Chappelle, uh, Kayla, Chad, Cody, um, Boy Meets Bold Fever, uh, Tommy, Tommy Tidbits, uh, Asia, uh, Felipe. The You're uh, Not Wrong podcast, Melissa, Mary, Kevin Mahadeo, Mike Bloom, The Lonely Boys, JD, Marissa, Grace, Stuart, uh, Mike, Michelle, Ben Sandwich, and Sasha. Wow. That's amazing. I can't believe we've mm-hmm. like, and like so many of those people were not just one-time guests. Like they came on over and over and over exactly. again. Exactly. Had conversations with us about the show. So mm-hmm. if you're listening, uh, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us about Boy Meets World. It has been an absolute ride these past two and a half years, getting to talk about the show that is so meaningful to us. And like, really we learned, like, I can't say enough about how much we learned 
doing this podcast, there's 0% chance I would have done any other podcasts had I not done this one first. Like this was where we got our feet wet. This was where we learned the do's and don'ts of podcasting, I think. like Yeah, I think that especially people who have been th- with us since the beginning and heard um, us struggle through it and not be on top of it, the amount of likes. That, and a lot of likes, the bad audio. That, you yeah. know, to give – to take your time of your day and spend time with us is just so meaningful, so – amazing i appreciate it so much i mean this as i said in the beginning this has been a dream of mine for a very long time and you know you're helping me fulfill my dream like something i always aspired to and then of course you know all of my love to you jess who have been my perfect partner in all of this and a great support and you let me cry to you whenever I want and you don't (laughs) even you don't even complain no never no this has been like I said this is not possible if we weren't so close and such good friends like this would not have been possible for us to do this the two and a half years that we've done it and it's been such an honor and like such such a learning experience and Mm -hmm. such a way that I feel like because we were learning it together, neither one of us ever felt like self-conscious about it because, oh, in the very beginning, you don't know how many edits we would make in the beginning. Like we would, we would edit so much because we, we would stumble and we, oh, oh, sorry. Let me, let me back that up again. Like we would edit so much out of the podcasts in the beginning and slowly over time we needed less and less edits. And I feel like that is also just a product of us being more comfortable in front Mm -hmm. of a microphone and also being more comfortable around each other just to feel like we can. Absolutely. It's, it's having a conversation. That's what the podcast is. It's we're talking about Boy Meets World. We're also just chatting and having fun. And so um, anybody who who's ever listened to this and just enjoyed it, we appreciate that. Whether you're driving home or, you know, or cleaning, doing dishes, doing whatever, and you're listening to us, um, you could be listening to anything else. You could be listening to music. You know, you could be listening to the Tara Swift album, the newest one she put out like a million times like everyone else does. So we appreciate everyone for listening. And of course, like this is not the end of us. We hope that you go out and seek out some of our bonus content. There's already a ton of it. If, if you want to go back in the archives yep. and look, um, and then we're going to keep everyone apprised of what we have coming in the future because we're taking a little bit of time off in January, but we're coming in with a bang in 2023 and we're going to be ramping up the bonus content and hopefully something will spark your interest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's, I think that's everything we have to say. Is it possible? I mean, this is our 116th Boy Meets World episode. What else do we have to say? (laughs) There's nothing else to say. But uh, except for, I mean, I will always love Boy Meets World. I love you, Jessica. I love whoever's listening. And uh, was it class dismissed? (gasps) Oh, no, you did the thing. Okay, all right. I love all of you. Class dismissed. Just ask. Shit 90 shows taught me. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.